0: Tonight, because we're going to be done whether I'm done or not, okay? So we're going to move fast. Here we go. Number, f- number four, and I say it because we're going in a different direction next week. Number four, so we're going to look at what is fellowship. If you need a note, we've got a few that are still out here. If anybody needs those that are out on the table right in the hallway, feel free to go grab one. Um, but number four, we're looking at what is fellowship. When we talk about fellowship, uh, A, True biblical fellowship is the sharing of life through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ with another believer. It's sharing It's sharing of life, fellowship. So, so based on that, can a believer and a non-believer have fellowship? No, we cannot have fellowship. Can a believer have friendships with non-believers? Absolutely, we have family that are non-believers. We're going to have friendships but we, I think we, you know, one of the things I think we have to be very careful of is how we we use the word fellowship. We would use that to you, you sit down and have dinner with somebody, or you go out to eat. We have to be careful how we fellowship with non-believers, right? And um, we have to be we, we have to be very careful in in that setting. What setting are we in? How do we do that? Um, I, I, you know, Paul became all things to all people that he might by all means win some. My dad used to tell me, my dad used to, I'd call my dad, my dad would be drunk. And his wife would be all mad at him because he'd been down at the bar. We'd get talking, oh, Jesus hung out with the sinners. Well, dad, he wouldn't belly up at the bar with them, okay? So there's a, there's a big difference. So, so how we fellowship is important. But when we talk about fellowship in, in the context of, as a Christian, fellowship is between us, brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's us sharing life together. So we as the family of God have a common bond between us, and that common bond is Jesus Christ. That's where our fellowship comes from. You know, How many of you find that you're closer to fellow believers than you are, maybe even some family in your life? Anybody found that? So there's family, blood relatives that you, you won't be as close to, as, and, and you really aren't as close to. As, as you will be with fellow believers. there should be the, the relationships we have in this church with each other, you know, the churches we were in in Georgia, the church we were in in Indiana, even some of the, the, the church we were in over in Orange City, the people, the relationships we have there, they're still strong relationships. We haven't lost them, but now we have all these relationships that we have here, but it's because of that common bond that we have through Jesus Christ. And it's amazing when you meet a fellow believer, how many times have you met someone and you just know it before you even find out, you know they're a believer. I think I was telling the story, we were down there in, in Sanibel, on Sanibel Island for our anniversary trip, and I went down in the water and I started talking to that guy, and And when he told me he was from Connecticut, it gave me call. It gave me call. Pause. pause there. I thought, oh man, I didn't know if there's any believers up north, you know. Uh, that's a liberal area. I didn't know what it was going to be, but it took about three minutes in my conversation with him, and I was going, I think this guy's a believer. And he hadn't said anything spiritual yet, but just his Everything and the more we talked, then it came out. And, and, and you know, I like to—I don't like to just blurt out. that Well, I'm a pastor; people shut down real quick sometimes. So we, we had a great conversation, and we stood the water, and I got my shoulders all burned and my head burned because I stayed in the water too long. Probably talked to him for an hour, just standing there, waist deep in the water. Gene, Gina come out; we were talking. But it's—it's it's that common bond we have, and that's through Jesus Christ. So we form a Christian. Community. It's a community we have through Christ. And so, First John chapter one, verse one through four says, "That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our he- hands have handled, concerning the Word of God, the Word of God. There, speaking of Christ, the life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, which." Uh, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. So the, the, he's, he's talking here, what we've seen, what we've heard, the experience of being with Christ, the word of God, the, the, the God made flesh. We've seen him, we've been with him, we've touched him, we've talked. So we're declaring this, we've seen, we've heard, we declare this to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. You know, the whole, the whole thing is he's like, look, we want you to have fellowship with us. And if you're going to have fellowship with us, it's only through Christ that we can have that. So that you, may also, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Man, you want joy in this life? It is only through Christ that you're going to have that joy. Amen? I mean, you can seek it in all these other things, you're not going to have it. A believer that goes off the rails and wants to seek joy in life outside of their relationship with Christ, they're going to be the most miserable person on the face of the earth because a believer in sin is more miserable, I'm convinced, is more miserable than a lost person. A lost person doesn't have the Holy Spirit of God. Now, a lost person is miserable because they're empty. There's something they know it's missing, and it's that, that, that void of Christ in their life. There's that, that shape, that, no, we always talk about that Jesus-shaped hole in your heart. And the little kids go, huh? You know, we say the weirdest things. We need to think about what we say sometimes. But there is a void in our lives, amen? I mean, I don't have a Jesus-shaped hole in my heart. I mean, it's like, my heart, you know. I don't have that. Well, which Jesus, you know, but there is a void in a lost person's life. They do not have Christ. There's a void. There's something missing. But a believer that gets in sin and gets away from the Lord, they're much more miserable than a than than a a non-believer would be. So, B, we can we can differ in our background, social status, financial status, interests, etc., and still have true fellowship if our fellowship is characterized by the following: number one, humility. You know, humility is important. That, 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 it's a, it's a, humility is a beautiful quality in a believer. Amen? Amen? You ever been around non-humble Christians? It's not a very beautiful quality. And, and, it, and it reveals an immaturity in, in us as a believer. If we're, if we're cocky, we're arrogant or whatever. And it, I find so many times that that's, you know, isn't it funny? Our pride will be masked with insecurity, which is masked with pride. So the problem is I'm insecure, so I'm coming across all arrogant and cocky and all that, but it really is just a mask for my insecurity, which is really a mask for my pride. It all boils down to my pride. It, it always comes back to that. But humility is so important that we have this humility and we share this, and we can have, we, we can be, it, it, we can have this great relationship and this fellowship, when there is humility, Philippians chapter two, verses one of my favorite chapters in Scripture, Philippians two, as you, you read that, but here in verse three it says, "Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of, of mind, let each esteem others better than himself." So, so you know, you think about that. Um, I, I see examples of that all the time here in church, uh, of that that humility. And, and and here's the thing: I know people who, people who are humble, and people who are servants, and th- they don't like to be called out. Um, but but there's some of us that might would be like, yeah, somebody should get my plate and throw it away for me. They should clean the table after me, <laughs> you yeah. know. But you know, have you ever looked? Do did did y'all see anybody ever getting? Anybody ever come around and get your plate on Wednesday nights? Yes. Who, who, who gets your plate on Wednesday nights? Uh, Bob. 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 Huh? Bob. Who does? Bob. Todd does? Todd does that too? Yeah. See, I, I don't know if, who started, but Bob started it. It's your fault. No, I love it. I love it. I, and I love it because Bob's like, Are you done with that yet? Come, you know, he's like, You ready to get your plate? And uh, he just and it's he just wants to serve. I don't know what he's saying, but <laughs> but but you know what? That's just that's humility. That's humility, and it's it's beautiful when you see believers that you know it ain't about me. It ain't about me. Oh, I'm t- I ain't doing that. I, you know that's below me. No, Bob says, man, I want to I want to serve. So it's a great way to serve. I love that. But it's, it's, it's esteeming others better than yourself. Let each of you look not only... Uh, for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Listen, if Christ humbled himself, the God God in flesh humbled himself, how much more should we? Amen. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You know, and, and, and you know, we, we, we might think, well, you know, he humbled himself and he took that. Yeah, but he didn't have to. You know, I could be, I could be humbled. I could be, you know, I could, I could be sentenced to death and I could handle it well and walk out and, and walk with dignity or whatever. But, uh, you know, that's not necessarily humility because I can't do anything about it. All Christ said to do was speak a word and it was done. It was done, but he humbled himself, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill the will of the Father. He humbled himself. Praise the Lord. So that's a, that's a great part of our fellowship. Honesty is another. Uh, it's very important we have honesty. Um, I, 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 this is a conversation I had with somebody just recently, and I love this. They said, you know, my yes is yes and my no is no. That's the way it ought to be. Amen? That's the way it ought to be. Um, the Old West, how many of you have ever watched um, Josie Wells? You, all the men, the women are going, what? If you're a guy, you've watched Josie Wales, man, Clint Eastwood. And at the end, he's out there and he's talking to that Indian, that, that warrior, and they're surrounding him. But he's just, he's like, this is my bond, my word. There, he says, there, 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 my word is my bond, basically. And the Indian tells him, that chief tells him, he says, there is steel. Your word, those are words of steel. And what he's saying is, man, you're, you you mean what you say. You're going to hold to what you say. I see that. I believe that. And so, honesty honesty is an important thing. And when we, man, we, we, we I hear people say, well, to tell you the truth. And, and when they tell me that, I always like, well, do you normally lie to me? Well, I'm, I'm, to tell you the truth, here well, normally you're telling me lies, but I right hear you telling me the truth. My pastor used to always say that. He broke us. Anybody on staff of ever saying that. But Ephesians four twenty five there says therefore, therefore putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Amen. Amen. Put away, put away lying. Lying. Uh, I think about how much. How much trouble we get in when we just lie. I'm going to be preaching Sunday. If you want to read ahead, I'm going to be preaching in Genesis chapter 4. And, and uh, you know, the question is, is, why are you angry? And it's the story there with Cain. It's, a, it's interesting as I've been studying that this week. How many opportunities God gave Cain to get saved. To get right. He knew the way to approach God. He knew the way to approach God. And he came his own way. Then even after that, when God didn't accept his offering, he, and he's down, he's down in the face. He's probably, if it was somebody to talk to, he's pole-mouthing. He's, he's just, he's mad. He's tort because God didn't, didn't accept what he wanted to bring, his pride. And, and God comes to him, and he says, you know, why, why are you so angry? You know, if, you know, if you come right, you'll be accepted. And, and you come the wrong way, you're not going to be accepted. And sin is at the door. It's crouching at the door and it wants to control you. He gave him an opportunity right there to repent. Then he gets angrier. And now, and now it's not just mad at God, he's got to blame somebody else. So now he's mad at, at Abel and he goes out and he calls him out in the field and he premeditated murder. He kills his brother Abel. Now God comes and asks him and he says, hey, well, where's your brother Abel? You know, what, what's going on? What, what you been up to? God knew what he had been up to. He's given him the opportunity right there again to confess. And what does Abel do? How stupid is it to lie to God? I mean, that's like, I mean, that's like a whole new level of dumb. I mean, God just, you know he knows. But it's Adam. Where, 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 what's going on, Adam? Oh, um, you know. God knows, and when God asks a question of us, he already knows the answer. I mean, parents, don't you normally have the answer before you ask your kids? I usually preface, I even give them the opportunity to say, now listen, you know if I'm asking this question, I'm, I probably got a little information. So with that said, boom, here's my question. Now what's really infuriating is when they lie. Right? When, when, when right, Why lie? It just digs a deeper hole and a deeper hole and a deeper hole. So we, we should put away that line. We should speak truth. And you know what? If, if we mess up, we mess up. And when we mess up, we ought to fess up. And when somebody, and when somebody comes to you and says, hey, hey, uh, Todd, you know, somebody told me you said so-and-so about me. And, and, you know, we got a choice there. We can lie and dig a deeper hole. Now, now not, not only have I lied about somebody or gossiped about somebody or whatever, now, now I've lied to them, and now I'm going to lie again to tell them how that was misconstrued or whatever. When, what, wouldn't it just be great if we'd go, oh, man, you know, I'm sorry. You know what I did? I did that. I said that. I did that. Whatever. If we just confess it. Man, confession is so good. Just tell the truth. And, you know, I always, I always thought of this. I thought it was great. If we speak the truth, then you don't have to keep track on what you said, right? Exactly. right. Amen. Then you got to figure out, oh, man, what did I tell Cliff last time? Oh, man. Uh, and Cliff, you know, it, it, it shows through real quick. These are things that are important for, for, for our relationship, our fellowship. Humility, honesty, love. John 13, 35, by this... All will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Our love. This world talks about love, but they don't have they don't have real love. It's a pseudo-love. Okay, so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of groups that get together, there's a lot of folks that get together based on common interest or common sin or whatever it might be, and sometimes they 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 Talk about love, but they don't understand love. They've, that's another word that's been hijacked. And, and it's, been, it's been messed up. Look, if we love, if we love within the context of the, our fellowship as believers, that is beautiful to those outside the church. What if we're in here gossiping and backbiting and fussing with each other and we got all these problems and these things are going on? That is, that is so ugly to the outside world. And it destroys our testimony. Um, uh, man, I ain't going over there. I see how y'all treat each other. Oh, they go to your church. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he. Uh, ooh, hmm. I've seen how he cares about the fellow church people. I don't want a part of that. Now, I understand hypocrites. There's hypocrites in church. The pastor told me today when he first got to uh, when he first got to a church he was in in Orlando about probably nine, ten years ago. First got there, he said, there was this little bitty lady who used to be a missionary. And first day when he got voted he's in, he's putting books on the shelf in his office. She comes in. He says, she comes in there and goes, I'm glad you're here. He's like, well, great, great. I hated that. And she went all into the expletives and profanity. He, he couldn't believe it. He just could not believe it. This little old lady, was that, is that how Jan acts? He's back there pushing on her. <laughs> Cliff, you shouldn't mess with her like that, man. So we got to love each other. All right, move on. Nothing to see here, right? Move on, move on. All right, so we got to love each other. Um, you know, the, the, the word of God tells us, love your neighbors yourself. Love, love our neighbors ourselves. If we would just live that, if we would, if we would do unto others... The scripture doesn't say do unto others before they do unto you. doesn't say that. doesn't say that. It says do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Amen? Amen. So we we need to think about that. And kind of the context of the Sunday morning messages is we got to see things from God's perspective. Too often we don't bother looking at it from our friend, our neighbor, our brother and sister in Christ. We don't look at it from their perspective. And we, and we need to do that. We need to love each other. Then there's hospitality, Titus 1:8 but says, but hosp, uh, hospitable. We should be hospitable as part of our Christian fellowship. Acts: 242, and they continued steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread uh, and in prayers. That getting together, fellowshipping over a meal, uh, it did not have to be a meal. It could be a cup of coffee. It could be sitting in a park just fellowshipping together. But it's getting together, being hospitable with one another. Um, it, it's, it, it's a very important thing in our Christian fellowship. All right, so C, the area of life where true fellowship is experienced includes, uh, include among others, prayer. Prayer. Uh, you helped us when you Prayed. Here in 2 Corinthians 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 11 says, uh, you also helping together in prayer for us. That prayer is so important. Okay, uh, Mark, I'm, I'm in church right now. It's a missionary. All right, so prayer is important. That's one of the, the ways that we, um, we, we experience this fellowship with each other is through prayer and praying for each other. Um you know the prayers we, we come in here, we lift these requests. I hope you write those down. I hope you take the, maybe the email prayer list that comes in on on Thursdays and and you pray through that. however if you if you pick part of that and pray through it each day you try, pray through it or if you pray through the whole thing every day, something but I hope you you know it's not just an exercise that we walk through in here. I hope it's something we're all doing outside of here. You're praying for your brothers. You know what's going on. Pray for Angela. And pray for, uh, for Savannah. Pray for the lady at Publix. When God lays, lays that lady on your heart, pray for, pray for her. God knows the need, and, and we, we can pray for each other. It's important. But faith, just sharing our faith together, um, right here in, ver, in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if, by some means, now, that at, now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Verse 12, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Um, last week, y'all were sitting in the same place last week, and we talked about, you know, encouraging each other. And, I, and Catherine said, she, she encouraged me. and I said, well, how did she encourage you? She said, just by being here, just by being here. And maybe something she would said. But when, when we're together, it encourages. When brothers and sisters in Christ come together, we fellowship, fellowship together here, it, it, it's encouraging. I, don't, I hope you all leave here encouraged on Wednesday night. I do. Just the fact that you guys are here to get to see you. I mean, when we gather together, it charges me up. Man, I leave here on Wednesday nights. I'm on cloud nine. I love it. Sunday morning, the same way. I love being together with the saints. It's just, it's encouraging. So that I may be encouraged together with you by mutual faith, both of you and me. Uh, We're encouraged together through ministry, Galatians 2.9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, received the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So we, 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 we fellowship together through ministry. How many of you would, would just say, how many of you in here would say, I met somebody in this church, I have a relationship now with somebody in this church because of some area of ministry that you served in? And you might not have otherwise. So if, if every hand's not up, that means we got to get you all in some ministries because there's some people you need to meet. And and there's a lot of people you'll only meet by serving in a ministry with them. And, you know, if if it's serving in the nursery and you're with somebody you don't really know them, it doesn't take but a week or two and you you start really getting to know somebody. There's new relationships there that need to be built. So we do that through ministry. It's an important part of our fellowship. And then through suffering, amen? I think suffering is one of the quickest connectors for, for us believers. Um. There's just something about, Scott, it's a vulnerable thing when you're in the hospital, isn't it? It's just a very vulnerable thing. Uh, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, just, was it encouraging when I came down to the hospital and you were there? Absolutely. Okay. So I, 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 I hope so. I mean, it's one of, I've told people it's, one of my, it's not my favorite thing to do because, oh, man, I love when people are sick in the hospital. I just love that. that I mean, I'd be sick, right? That, that would say something about me. But I'll tell you what I, I have found. It's one of my most fulfilling. Maybe that's the right word. Maybe it's one of the most fulfilling parts of ministry for me. Uh, because I know that's a difficult time. And there's stress when you're going to have surgery. You're having heart surgery. You know, whatever is going on. There, there's just... there's I, So if I can go and, and, it's, a, and it's a blessing and encouragement, I want to do that. But I have found that the people... In my in history with ministry, some of the people I'm closest to are people I've spent time with in the hospital. I've gone and... Now, my, my pastor, I used to have a pastor who... His, his, his hospital visits and mine were a lot different. So if I'd go to the hospital with him, I'd be frustrated because we'd go in, he'd say, Hey, how you doing? Let me pray for you. And we're gone. I mean, boom, it was three minutes and it was kind of like go check the box. He hated, give it to his credit, he hated the hospital. If a needle had come out, he might have hit the floor. He just did not like the hospital. So he was he was actually putting himself out there and going. But I loved to go to the hospital. And somebody would be, be in there, and I'd go and hang out. I mean, Claire had to, a couple of times, Claire just said, she's shaking her head. A couple of times, Claire said, you can go. You can go if you want to. And y'all know what that meant. What she was saying was, you can go because I want you to. I said, you're getting tired? Yeah, all right. All right, I'm going. All right. Because I'll just hang out. And, uh. There's great connection in that. So we we connect through suffering. Philippians 3.10. That that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. We suffer together. You know what? Persecution. When we really face persecution in this country. And I say when because it's coming. I've been saying it for 10 years, 12 years now. Uh, As long as I've been teaching a bigger group. I've said it. It's coming. And every day you see it more and more. There's going to come a day. When this is going to be a challenge, folks that won't come to church because of COVID ain't nothing compared to when they say we'll put you in jail or we're going to kill you if you if you bother trying to get into the church. Okay, that's going to that's going to test us. That's what it's going to, going to really be, and and it's coming, it's coming, folks. So just you got to decide now, drive a stake in the ground, and go. You know what? I'm going to stand firm in my faith, but we're going to suffer together, and when we suffer together, it's going to strengthen us. There'll be a bond there, like. You, you can't imagine. And and it's not something I go, oh boy, I can't wait. But it'll be a great thing. We will we'll grow through that suffering. 1 Peter 4:13, but rejoice to the extent that you that you partake of Christ's sufferings that when that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad uh, with exceeding joy. All right. So I'm going to move quick. Number 5. What do I do if I'm wrong by another Christian? So wh- whoever said Christians are not perfect, just forgiven. That, that's a very, very true statement. Amen. So even, even the redeemed, we make mistakes. We mess up. Um, I, I don't know who I was talking to the other day. I can't remember now. I, th- I was talking to John. I was talking to John Egger uh, last night. We had our elder meeting. And so we were, leave, we were here late and we were talking. And I said, you know, here's the thing. I, 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 I'm not perfect. Okay. I know that. And, and some people will really like me. Some people, it don't matter what I do, they ain't going to like me. Some people are going to be, some people will not, they'll take what I say and may be easily offended. I can be, I mean, I get it. I get it. I'm, I've been 53 years on this earth. I know me. And I, I, can, I can tick somebody off. I can do it really good at times. Uh, it's not that I want to. It's not my goal. But I'm sure I've probably said something or done something and people, you know, get mad. They don't like it. But you know what I would love is that we, we could handle those situations the right way, okay? Um, I've had a couple people in here. Susan's one. I've I, I got great, great admiration for Susan Stewart because Susan will text me and she'll say, well, here's your problem child again. And she'll say, I got a question. And she'll ask me the question. And But she's a couple of times, like, I think one time maybe I, I might have said something. and She wasn't sure. She questioned me about it. Other times, somebody else had said something. And she said, I just don't know if that's right. I wanted to ask you because, you know, it concerned you. I wanted to know. So she comes to me with something that concerns me. That's a, that's a novel idea, isn't it? So thank you for doing that. And I've got some others that do that. But look, if you've got a problem, if you've got a problem, come Come to the person that... That's what we're going to talk about. Go to the person that you have the problem with. If if Brent has made you mad, don't come talk to me about it. Go talk to Brent about it. Now, so let's look at this. So there's an offense. So... So what do we do? Somebody, somebody says something, somebody does something, there's an offense, there's some hurt feelings, now I'm upset, what happens? So here's what we do. Here's how we want to reconcile. A, take the offense directly to the other party first and privately uh, and, and then try to settle it between yourselves. So Brent said something, you didn't like what he said, you didn't like the way he said it, whatever. You took offense to it, he hurt your feelings, you need to deal with him on it, go to him and talk to him. Now, Brent, you may go to Brent and, and Brent say, and you say, Brent, I'm, I'm sure I probably misunderstood. This is what I, I heard and this is how it made me feel. And Brent said, that's really not how I meant it. The way I meant it was this way. And he just gives it to you more. <laughs> then you got a problem. That might be. But more than likely, Brent's going to go, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant at all. I didn't mean, I'm, I'm sorry if that's. If you took it that way, I'm sorry. But listen, so a lot of problems can be fixed by talking to the person that you have the problem with. Scripture is very clear. If somebody offends you, you've got a problem with them, you should go talk to them. If you've offended somebody and, and, hurt, and you know it, you need to try to talk to them. One of the things that bothers me the most as a pastor, this has been very, very hurtful, is when people will leave the church and they will not, they will not communicate with me. Now, if I've done something wrong, that's not the right answer. If I've done something wrong, give me opportunity to fix it. Amen? As I'd like to if I've done something wrong. But you just leaving quietly, oh, I'm going to take the high road. You're not taking the high road. You're not doing the biblical thing there. And when you just, I'm going to just leave quietly. Well, you don't have to leave storming. If you want to leave, leave. You don't have to throw a fit and scream and holler and throw chairs on the way out. But you, but you can leave the right way. And so if, if you have an issue, talk to the person you have an issue with. And if it's something our church does, you go, I just don't like that, but I'm going to find another church. Or if you go, a preacher, I don't like the way you clear your throat when you get up there. <laughs> well, then you're either going to have to get over that or go to another church. Because Lisa used to tell me that I go, <laughs> I said, I do not. And she'd play the audio. And sure enough, I'd go, I'd do a little tick before I would read a scripture or something. I don't think I still do it. I don't know, because I'm very conscious. I try to be very conscious of those things. But she was, she was like, it wasn't a criticism, but, you know, somebody could get offended by that. There, there'd be somebody coming here and go, I can't believe you got your shirt untucked on. And you're preaching in the pulpit without your shirt tucked in. And then you go somewhere else and they go, I can't believe you're wearing a suit and tie on Sunday morning. Why are you, oh, I'm so uncomfortable with that. So it, it doesn't matter what we do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make somebody, I'm going to offend somebody. But if, but if I offend you, please come to me. Give me an opportunity to make it right. Now, if that doesn't make it right, if I'm in the wrong still, you've come to me and I kind of brush you off. I'm like, eh, pfft, whatever. If you took it that way, that's on you. That's your problem. And I've seen that, folks. I've seen that from... I had a pastor who kind of took that attitude one time. It's like, I ain't done nothing wrong. I ain't got nothing to apologize for. And just, you know, that's the wrong attitude. So then what we do, B, is if the matter is not resolved privately, take it to a spiritual leader in the church to attempt to mediate the situation. Matthew 18, 16. But if he will not hear, take, take with you one or two more, that by the, by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. So I went to Brent... Brent's now, you know, he, he didn't listen to me. He, he, still, he still, you know, it, we, it ain't resolved. What he did was he, he did something to hurt me, and he, it's not resolved, and I, I'm still wanting to get it resolved, and so I'm going to take, take somebody with me. I'm going to go get a, a deacon. I'm going to go get an elder, and we're going to go and have a conversation, and we're going to hear it. And then Brent's either going to change his attitude or Brent's going to still go, what are y'all doing? I ain't done I ain't done nothing wrong. You know, whatever, whatever it might be. So you continue to take those steps. We're going to continue to move forward to try to resolve it. Now, i got to move quick. See, do not go to the unsaved to settle a problem within the church or amongst believers. We have lost that in church today. We want to sue each other. We want to go outside of the body of Christ. And I'm not saying outside the church. It's fine to go outside the church to to let's say you got marital problems, you don't have to come to me, but you should go. You should go to someone that's going to give Christian counsel to the couple. To the couple, okay? That's just an example. Um, but we shouldn't go to lost people to resolve our situation ever. We, we don't go to lost people. You know, the, you can read the scriptures. I'm, I'm running short on time, so I want you to go and look at those scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter six verses 1 through 5, really 1 through 6 right there. And, and, and it really tells us that it, it's, it's going back and getting resolution because, look, if you need somebody to mediate, you want someone within the church. We want to let somebody here help you with that. I mean, we got some godly men in our church, and if you got conflict, let some leadership within the church, within the body of Christ, help resolve that, that situation. Please, folks, don't run around gossiping and backbiting and running somebody down and being negative and critical it looks horrible on you you may think you're you're tearing them down and you may be but you're you're bringing reproach upon yourself you're bringing reproach upon your church and you're bringing reproach upon the lord and that is a vile and disgusting thing gossip and that backbiting is it's terrible So avoid that. And one way you can stop it if somebody comes to you is you can just fly out and say, listen, I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to listen. An even better way is to say, oh, Jason, hold on. Let's go. You know, Jason's right over here. Let's let's go talk to Jason. Come on. Come on. You said Jason. Let's go get Jason. And we'll get Jason and we'll go talk about it right then. That's the last time they'll come talk to you about anybody. I promise you, you'll stop that. Now, here's something you need to ask yourself. If people are coming and talking to you, why? Well, I'm a compassionate person. Maybe it's because you like gossip. And you allow gossip. So you need to stop it. That's not not how we should behave. behave. But we don't want to take it to the unsaved. D, if the matter still can't be resolved, then we are to, one, personally... Accept the wrong. In other words, get over it. Get over it. Read the scriptures because I'm going to fill the blanks in and we're going to be done because i got to get you all out of here. Number two, commit the situation to the Lord Jesus knowing that he will handle it justly. Nobody's getting away with anything. Amen? Amen? I mean, if somebody kills me tonight, murders me in cold blood, and they've never caught here on this earth. They're not getting away with it. We 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 gotta trust God. Number, um, golly, I really wanted to talk about this. All right, mm. folks, if you go low, let's this, this talk about this relationship thing here. So get over it. This is you want to fix a situation. You've had something happen. Um, me and Brent have had issue here, and 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 so. Me and Brent had problems, and I didn't handle it right. I blew up. I threw a chair in the office. I called him some things that I couldn't repeat in public. And, and you know, we've, we've had issue. Brent's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to restore the relationship. And so here's what I do. I've blown up. I've been in sin. I'm not going to go that far away. I've been in sin, Okay. I have sinned. I have cussed him. I have been in anger and wrath and, and all this stuff. I've been wrong. I'm in sin. Big sin or little sin. I've been, I've been in sin. You with me? That's where we're at, okay? So I've gone low. You with me? I've gone low. Here's what a lot of times we want to do and in, in Christians want to do. Well, I'm going I'm to take the high road. Well, what happened in that situation? Well, you know what? I, I'm just taking the high road. So what I've done is I'm the one who sinned. I'm the one who's wrong. But I want to take the high road. Of course I do. I don't want my sin to come out. I want to keep it buried. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to confess it and repent of it. Now, Brent could take the high road. Brent's been done wrong. I mean, I cussed him and Brent goes... Somebody comes and kind of says, man, what's going on with that situation? He says, ah, you know, we just, we're working through it. I, I, you know, I don't need to say anything. But I'm going, I'm going to take the high road. Now, when I do that, here's what I'm doing. I'm leaving a big old fat blank there for you to assume that, that Brent's in the wrong. Well, I'm not going to trash Brent. I'm taking the high road. I'm not going to talk bad about Brent right now. But I was in the wrong, so I should confess. So I've, just, I've, I've had a, a situation like that recently, and I just thought, man, I kept hearing I'm, this person's taking the high road. And I'm like, look, you can't take the high road after you've taken the low road. You've got to confess it and get it right. You've got to get that out in the open and confess your sin. You don't get to take the high road after you've taken the low road, okay? So that's your thing for tonight. Number three, forgive the person who did the wrong. Number four, pray for the person who wronged you. Because I'm going to tell you, you go, I, I, just, I just can't forgive them. You pray for them. You can forgive them. You start praying for them. All right? 740... Get y'all out of here. You can go get your youngins, and you can go help clean up over there, move chairs, tables, and all that. I appreciate any help you can give. I hope you're planning to be at the walk on Saturday, excuse me, if you're available, to go do the walk. Sunday night, First Baptist Daytona, 530. If you can make that, please come. It's going to be a celebration of the merge of the two associations coming together to form one bigger, nice, you know, bigger association with Seminole and Halifax. It's going to allow us to do a lot of new things, a lot of different things. Uh, but Johnny Hunt's going to be there to preach, and uh, that'll be a good thing. So I hope you'll, I hope you'll come for that as well. Uh, pray for me as I prepare for Sunday, and uh, just pray that, that uh, our folks will be back. Our folks will get over this fear, and folks will come back to church. Some folks are out on fear. Some folks are out on look. It makes a good excuse not to come to church. There's some of that. We got to quit that. It's time to get back to church. I told y'all, I'm not. I'm through. I'm through pandering to this. I, I, I get COVID. I get it. I get it. It's here. It ain't going nowhere. We got to live with it. But the Lord hadn't put no asterisks on us coming to church and gathering together. We got to do this. So, so, uh, pray that our, pray for our folks. Okay. Pray for our church. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for our folks that are here tonight. Those that are watching online, I pray you'll bless them. And uh, Lord, for our folks that are struggling with fear or anxiety or some that Lord really have, have allowed COVID to be a good convenient excuse for, for just really not, not, not coming to church. I pray Lord, you'd, you'd convict that and, uh, and give courage, give, give strength to those that are struggling with fear. And, Lord, I pray they'll be back in our fellowship. Lord, we love them and we miss them. And, and we know, Lord, being, being apart is not good for us spiritually. We need to be together to encourage each other. So, Lord, help us. Bring us back together. And we'll praise you and thank you. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Thank you all very, very much.